Hello and welcome to the Life Coaching on the Move podcast. I am Dawn Fisk and each week I will discuss a different life subject that is relevant to each and every one of us. I will include thought-provoking experiences both from my own life and from the hundreds of people I've coached over the years. I'll give you essential tips and strategies that you can use in your everyday lives in order to grow your inner confidence, achieve your goals, feel happier in life, have better relationships and social skills and a much higher sense of self-esteem and worth. I'll be on your team coaching and supporting you along the way, reminding you of what works and what to avoid. You can tap into the podcast wherever you are and whenever you feel it would help and together we will keep you on track focused, constantly moving forward and improving with much more determination, feeling the way you deserve to feel and generally achieving overall increased happiness in your life. Welcome along. So without any further hesitation, let's move on to this week's subject. So today I'm talking about the importance of our mind and the importance of our mindset in terms of our confidence. Now, in order to do that, I'm going to first ask you a question, uh, get you involved and get you thinking. So here we go. In your day-to-day life, what percentage of your performance can you attribute to your mind, do you think? I'll repeat that again. In your day-to-day life, what percentage of your performance can you attribute to your mind? So hopefully you've come up with a percentage. Second part of that question, do you believe we are in control of improving our mind or mindset? So hopefully you've come up with a yes or a no there. Next question, how much time then do you hand on heart spend in any one week actually improving your mind? being conscious about it, spending some time on changing your mindset or making sure you're in the right mindset. How much time do you think? And why? Why is it this amount? Now, I don't know what your answers were there, but I'm prepared to hazard a guess. I have thrown these questions out so many times to uh, large audiences when I've been doing speaker events or to small workshops and all of the delegates there. And I would say that pretty much every time the majority of the audience say that in their day-to-day life they believe at least 80% of their performance they can attribute to their mindset. Many times they say 90 and or 100% some. I actually do believe it's around 90 to 100% of our performances down to the mindset. They all agree that we're in control of improving our mind. And yet, when I then ask them how much time in one week they spend actually consciously improving their mind, it's very, very, very low, if any, any time at all. And why is that? Because if we have said, and if you just answered this similarly, that from 80% plus of our performance is down to our mind or our mindset, and that we're in control of improving it, then why aren't we spending more time per week actually improving the mind? Especially when you compare that perhaps with how much time we may or may not spend on our physical health, um, keeping fit, Um, making ourselves go to the gym even when we don't feel like it or going to a class, going out running with the mates, uh, long walk, cycling, Zumba, whatever your thing is. Many of us do do something per week 
two, three times a week. And if we don't, we spend time feeling guilty about that fact. We also spend time thinking about what we eat, the fuel and nutrition that we give ourselves. Uh, We try, most of us, to be fairly healthy. We try and get some fruit and veg each day. Um, And we spend mental space, time in our mind, thinking about that. Or equally, feeling guilty when we've shoveled the wrong thing into our mouths. Or drunk too much. We may equally spend time considering what we're drinking per week, maybe cutting back in the evenings in, in the week and only allowing ourselves some, some booze at weekends or try and jan- dry January, those sorts of things. So if we're going to give ourselves a, an MOT, many of us do think about the nutrition. Many of us think about the fitness side of things. On top of that, many of us think about have some time, me time, some relaxation time and stress management, you know, trying to minimise our stress or at least manage it when we can. And yet, in comparison, if we look at, at that and compare it with how much time we spend on our mind, not many of us spend enough time on that. And there is definitely room for improvement. So I suspect you might well be in that group too. I certainly am. I do spend time working on my mind and my mindset, but I definitely admit there's time left that I could spend more on that case and more improving it so that I do choose the right mindset each day. So we've bought into the concept of why, why it's important. Now let's think about how, and it could be that many people don't know how. Now, there are, of course, lots of mindfulness courses and yoga and meditation and things like that. But we're going to talk about something slightly different now. Things that you can do every day in your lives in order to improve your mindset. The way to do it, actually, is to answer this question. First, do you talk to yourself? Do you chat away in your head to yourself? Now, the majority of people now listening to this will be saying, yes, I do. And if you're not sure, you're probably sat there thinking, I don't know, do I talk to myself? I'm not sure. Yes, yes, you definitely do. Um, It doesn't actually matter which expert you listen to. They all agree that we have internal chatter or internal dialogue. Some people call it different things. Some people call it the parrot on your shoulder. Some people call it the chatterbox in your head. Uh, The one I like is the jailer in your head. The author of that was saying, because that voice often holds us back. It, It holds us back because it thinks it's keeping us safe and secure in our comfort zone, nice warm comfort zone. But he actually turns that on its head and says it's not a comfort zone at all. It holds us back and keeps us in our own sort of self-inflicted prison. Um, And who wants to stay in a prison? I certainly don't. So I like the jailer in your head. Other people call it the monkey on your back. There's the chimp paradox that's out there. Um, There's lots and lots out there, but they all agree that we all talk to ourselves throughout the day. In fact, um, it is believed that we have between four and five million thoughts a day, the majority of which are not unique. They are repeat thoughts, their patterns, their habit thinking, as I call them. So we're saying the same thing regularly, over and over throughout the day, day after day. So um, what we need to do is to go into our head and notice perhaps for the first time properly, what that parrot is or that jailer is saying to us. Because actually, it's usually just background noise talking away to us and we don't really 
pay too much attention because we're busy thinking of other things at the same time. Must remember to pick up some milk on the way home from work, etc. Um, but I think we need to shake that up a little bit. We need to become aware of what it's doing because we actually think it's in control of us and it's not. The great thing about that voice is we are in control of it. Now, I want to talk a little bit deeper here. Um, there's, there's parts to the brain that are specifically important here. Your conscious brain and your subconscious brain are important in confidence. Now, your conscious brain is the part that's listening to me now and it's thinking something like, because the conscious brain questions us, it's thinking something like, oh, this is interesting. Um, I hope I learned something here. Or it might be thinking, mm, not sure she knows what she's talking about. Something like that. That's your conscious brain. Your subconscious brain, in the meantime, is working on everything else that you're not thinking about now and it doesn't question us. So your conscious is busy thinking about where your left foot is, uh, how hungry you might be, whether you need the loo or not, um, your shoulders, whether they're slumped, your facial expression, your strengths, all of that sort of thing going on that you're not paying attention to is your subconscious. So it's a very busy area. Now, um, have you ever had an example of Perhaps you've got to be up at some really, really phenomenally early time in, in the morning, something like 2am, because you've got to be at the airport for an early, early flight for your holiday. Let's say that. So you go to bed early and try and get some sleep and you set your alarm and you think, right, right, that's set for two o'clock. Got to be awake at two. And then you think, well, what if that doesn't wake me? What if I sleep through that? Or we have a power cut and it doesn't go off or something. I know I'll set my phone as well. So you set both phone and alarm clock, both set for two o'clock. Right. One of them will wake me up so I can get some sleep. And you do, you go to sleep. And yet you wake one minute before two with a start. Suddenly, oh, it's just, oh, whew. Um, and you've woken up and you think to yourself, how weird, I don't normally wake at 2am and normally don't wake until 7 every morning. No, it's not weird because you told your subconscious and it doesn't question us, I need to be awake at 2am. Our subconscious brain is so profoundly powerful over everything we do or don't do in life that it knows, it's heard you say, I need to be awake at 2 it knows what time it is, even though you're fast asleep, it's still working, it's still working efficiently. It knows it's nearly two o'clock, it knows you've got to be awake, and it knows how to successfully wake you just before the alarm goes off. Job done. It isn't weird. It's what you fed into your subconscious. Now, think about that fact that you talk to yourself four or five million times a day, and most of them are repeat thoughts. What's key here is what are you saying in those repeat thoughts? Are you feeding, is that parrot or jailer feeding you helpful, uh, confident, encouraging words? Who here listening now has a really good best friend or a loved one? I think probably most of us have someone in their life that when they're having a little struggle, they'll turn to you. Um, let's say for this example, they're not sure whether to go for a new job. They've seen a new job and they come to you. Oh, I've seen this great um, advert for a job. I'd love it. It's, it's really, really what I'd like to be doing. And 
um, I'm, I'm not sure whether to apply for it. What do you think? You mean, I might not be any good at it. You see, I, I might not be good in the interview. I might not have everything they're looking for. And other people might be more qualified than me and somebody else will perform better in the interview. I just don't know. Maybe I'm happy where I am. I'm not sure what to do. So they're really at a crossroads and they're really uncertain. What would you say to your friend? Again, when I run this question to the audiences in a workshop, they always say the same thing. We know what to say to our friends, don't we? We say things like, you'll be brilliant. You'll be absolutely amazing at that job. You've definitely qualified for it. And you're really good in interviews. Just go, go apply for it. What's the worst that can happen? They will love you. You will love it. Go for it. We encourage them, we support them, we believe in them, we say all the right things. And actually, we know how to say the right things. We're really good at it. That's why they are our friend. That's why they know and love us and want to be our friends, because we do support them and encourage them along the way. Now, my question to you is, is that jailer or that um, parrot in your head your best friend? Does it say helpful, encouraging, supportive things? I know from working with so many one-to-one clients on their confidence that often that voice is not saying helpful things. Often, in fact, that voice is saying things like, no, no, don't speak up in the meeting. There's no point. Nobody will listen to you. They'll all think you're stupid and um, you've got nothing worthwhile to say. Don't present. Oh, you hate presenting. You're not very good at uh, public speaking. Don't do that. Hold yourself back. They'll just all laugh at you. Um, don't go to that party. Nobody will speak to you. You're shy, etc. Or you've messed that up. Or you will mess this up. Or it's going to go horribly wrong. I can't do this. I can't do that, etc., etc., etc. That's often what we are running in our heads. In fact, I would go so far as to say the difference between a confident person and a not so confident person is only one thing and that's what they're saying in their heads. A confident person will be saying encouraging things. Uh, Those people that stand up on the X Factor stage to audition, whether they can sing or not, the only difference is what they're saying in their heads. I'm going to get up there. I'm going to show him what I can do. I could be the next X Factor champion. I'm going to be brilliant. They'll love me, etc. Now, they might be slightly deluded, but at least they're encouraging themselves. Somewhere in this country, there are phenomenal singers. There are great athletes. There are great performers. There are really talented people in this country. But because of what they say in their head they will never audition or never go for the sports trials to be picked for the team Um, or never go forward for that bigger, better, more challenging, more rewarding job role because of what they're saying in their head. The make or break of our confidence and everything that we do or don't do is what we're saying in our head. Whether you do that parachute jump for charity or that big challenge or uh, try a new activity or talk to new people, the only thing that will make you do that or not is you and what you're saying in your head. So we have got to get out of our own way. Confidence is in our head. It's not a skill I can give you. I wish it were and I would. It's a skill that you can learn. And I have watched people come from 
almost zero confidence to really believing in themselves. And I don't mean the arrogant confidence, the deluded, full of themselves, loud and overcompensating confidence and cocky. A lot of people who come to me for coaching to become a little bit more confident say, I don't want to become cocky though and people not like me. That's not what I mean. That's often the pendulum has swung too far and they're overcompensating. What I mean is someone... We're aiming for you to feel comfortable and happy and strong in your own skin, to like who you are um, and to believe in yourself. That's what we're aiming for. And the only way you're ever going to do that is by changing that voice in your head. And the great news about that jailer or the parrot is it's you talking to you. You can change it at any point. And in fact, that is what's needed and that's what's necessary. And you don't have to believe it. Um, because as I've said your subconscious doesn't question it you've just got to say the right stuff an example I often give of this is when I'm out running with the dog I love my favorite time of day is outside in the woods in the mud and the rain and all sorts cross-country running with my spaniel Uh, I'm not sure if she loves it more than I do or I love it more than her but we are a great little team and spend hours out there every day but if I am feeling not so energetic today and I'm trying to get up a hill it's raining it's blowing a gale and I foolishly hear my head say to myself oh I can't do this I can't do this I am shocking I am so poor my legs turn to lead I give up I walk I can't be bothered poor outcome rubbish Um, If, on the other hand, I trick it and say to myself, even though I'm not feeling it, but I say in my head, fast and strong, fast and strong, fast and strong, I get up that hill much, much quicker, I'm up there before I even know it. We don't have to believe it, we just have to say what we want to be the outcome, how we want to feel because it doesn't question us. Now, normally when I'm with people one-to-one, face-to-face, I can do a physical demonstration on them of how this works and how it changes, how they physically perform a task, depending on what they're saying out loud. But you just take it that you need to say the right stuff in your head. Tell it now, I'm bold and courageous, I'm confident and calm, I'm confident and bubbly, whatever you want it to be, usually two things are quite easy for the brain to process and in the present tense. So what we've covered today is the importance of that voice, no matter what you call it, it's got to be saying the right stuff for you. Um, Because we don't want that voice to chip away at your confidence, to beat you up, to make you feel guilty, to make you feel rubbish, to make you feel inadequate. We want that voice to become your best friend. So we're coming to an end. Today's learnings and your key takeaways. Now, what I will do at the end of every podcast is to give you key takeaways that you can go out there now in your real world and use every day between now and the next podcast, try it out for yourself. And the reason I say this is because we could talk about all of these areas and these tips and strategies until the cows come home, but talking about it isn't going to make it change for you. My son 
is 16 at the moment and he's almost not far off 17 and he is counting the days and the weeks before he's legally allowed to drive a car and start his driving lessons he can't wait for the independence now i could sit at the breakfast table over a bowl of cereal and explain to him how to drive a car I could tell him all the ins and outs and all the things he needs to remember to do but that really isn't going to get him to pass his test equally i could sit in the car with him and demonstrate as another method of learning i could show him what i'm doing with my feet and how i'm remembering this and listening to the engine and considering what gear i'm in and indicating and maneuvering etc but still that's not going to get him there the best way for him to learn to drive is actually sit in the car and make some mistakes to feel it for himself to practice the accelerator and the revs and the clutch etc and to stall it a few times and then get better and better at it and that's what we're doing on these podcasts i'm giving you tips and techniques every week now the real learning though is when you use them in your everyday lives so homework or takeaways or whatever you want to call it for this week then are first i want you to actually go into your head I want you to start observing and listening as if you've got a tape recorder in there. Listen to what it's saying to you regularly because you probably don't at the moment really know what it's saying that much, not that consciously anyway. So I suggest you get a new dedicated book for these podcasts that's going to be dedicated for all the work we're going to do and it's going to be your working tool throughout the process of coaching. That book, I want you to write down what you notice it's saying. So if you see a pattern, if you see it saying, oh, I can't do this, or I'm rubbish at that, or you just messed this up, or I'm not, not so sure about that, I don't like public speaking, I can't do this. If you notice that, those disempowering thoughts, I want you to write them down and record them first. So awareness is half the battle, so that you're making yourself understand and know why you feel the way you do is largely because of what you say in your head first so record it then i want you to put a massive red line through each of those phrases and rewrite them rewrite them completely the opposite you don't have to believe them yet completely opposite i love doing x y and z i get to do public speaking i love going out meeting new people who might i meet today Um, This is exciting. It could be a new friend. I want you to change what you're saying. You don't have to believe it yet. You've just got to say positive, encouraging and helpful things just as you would to your friend if he or she were thinking of going for a new job role. I want you to say the same things to you. And speaking of which, your takeaway therefore is to notice what you're thinking rewrite what you're thinking and say differently regularly as many times as you can in the shower in the car um, when you're brushing your teeth when in your head over and over again as many times you cannot say them too many times so just keep saying what you want it to say instead and therefore in summary i want you to become your own best friend because if that voice does become your encourager your supporter your friend or your coach or your manager or whatever you want to call it if it's in your camp supporting you encouraging you saying the right stuff and growing your confidence and believing in you the great thing about that voice is we take it 24 7 we take it wherever we go to every circumstances so if you're somewhere new and out of your comfort zones a new job or 
at a party meeting new people you've got that voice with you and it will be your supporter so if there's one thing you take from today it's become your own friend slash coach the most important person that you're ever going to have a conversation with is yourself so we've got to make sure that what we're saying is what we want it to say in order to feel the way we want to feel and therefore our performance each day is the way we want to perform and we stop holding ourselves back and we stop getting in our own way so those are the key learnings today don't forget of course record your successes when you start writing these down and rewriting them and saying them in your head and feeling the difference and see your confidence begin to grow and encourage yourself out of your comfort zone through your self-talk i want you to write down your successes however small they are i want you to write them down and celebrate them because well we've come to the end of today's life coaching on the move podcast thank you so so much for joining me If you found today's content helpful, then please rate and review the podcast. Just take a few seconds to write a review because that increases the chances of other people finding and subscribing too. And they may well find all the tips and techniques as helpful in their lives as you have. Please join me again on next week's Life Coaching on the Move podcast, where again, my aim will be to help you to shake things up a little bit from doing things through routine um, and not questioning them and not considering whether there are better, more helpful ways of doing things. In the same way as those tiny little um, snow domes. Do you remember those that we used to have as children? A little scene in a plastic pod that if you shook it, all the snow would um, move around and settle in a different scene. And that's my aim with this podcast. I want to shake things up a little bit for you and throw in some new techniques and some new ways that will change the outcome for your future. If there are any particular subjects you would like me to cover, then please feel free to drop me an email anytime on dawn at milestone-coaching.co.uk. You can ask me questions, you can share your thoughts, your learnings and your improvements with me, or you can send a topic request. Another way of contacting me anytime is through the website at www.milestone-coaching.co.uk and select the correct tab there for contact me. It'd be really, really good to hear from you. So join me next week, but until then, have a strong determined and very confident week.